0: Hey, this is Kuya Derek at True Love Waits with our first audio blog, and I wanted to play you a piece of a song. Justin Bieber, Forever. Could you be here with me forever, ever, ever? Would you be here with me forever, ever, ever? Waking up all alone better, better, better. Every time I go the wrong way, it's me back around. Turn me back like whoa. Yeah, I wanted to start off the, the blog today because actually there's, there's a couple of things I wanted to talk about and the first two things, the premise of the blog is the, a video that I saw on YouTube a couple of weeks ago by Bill Gates that was filmed in 2015. The first thing I wanted to say was his video was about the Ebola virus in Africa. The second thing I wanted to talk about in a moment is uh, a book that I've been reading for quite some time. It was written in 2000, the year 2000, by Malcolm Gladwell, and the book is called Tipping Point. Um, In his book, he's talking about social epidemics, different kinds of epidemics, and so I wanted to somehow pair those two things, the uh, video that I watched by um, Bill Gates and the book by... Um, Malcolm Gladwell. Um, I'll give you some links on our blog if you want to check that out. Uh, if you're just looking, but if you're looking for the video by Bill Gates, it's 2015. It's a TED talk and the topic is on epidemics. If you're looking for the book by Malcolm Gladwell on YouTube, there's an audio book. The author is Malcolm Gladwell. The book is called Tipping Point. But I wanted to start by saying that we have a Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Go to the link uh, on our blog if you look for that. It says volunteer here. If you want to be a volunteer or learn how to be a volunteer, fill out the information to become a volunteer on our website there. There's a link provided. Uh, True Love Weights PH is our Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And our website is uh, trueloveweights.ph. Uh, So anyway, I wanted to get started. If you're in the province, also I wanted to say we have regional teams that can help you. We can connect you with those people in Roja City, Iloilo, Butuan City, General Santos, Serangani, and I'm actually today in our office in uh, NCR, uh, just off Morocco, near somewhere Morocco, walking distance distance from Megamall. Today's blog is the first in a three-part series on Contagious Behavior, Creating Culture, to help you understand what fuels epidemics. And so that's why I have these two, the Tipping Point book and the bill by, the video by Bill Gates, uh, my commentary on that video. And so we want to help you understand what fuels epidemics, and there's a little twist to that. So this is our uh, audio transcript for those of you who like to listen. But also, if you like to read, we we also put the the blog on uh, in text form on our website because sometimes I copy paste or I want to forward it to someone or people like to read. Uh, so just in case you want to have that, it's on. It's in both forms. Um, the second or subtitle of uh, Malcolm Gladwell's book is not just the the tipping point, but how little things can make a big difference. And so that's kind of one of the uh, clues to where we're going. So the beginning of the video by Bill Gates was he's rolling a 200 liter barrel. Maybe it's uh, almost chest high, uh, a 200 liter barrel across the stage. And he starts telling a story of his father storing food in a barrel like this uh, when he was a kid, just in case the event of some kind of a nuclear disaster uh, if you fast forward until today, uh, we're not really concerned about nuclear disasters. And Bill Gates said, the risk of a global catastrophe doesn't look like a nuclear bomb. If anything, he said, if anything kills 10 million people in the next decade, it's most likely going to be an infectious virus rather than a war. And then he puts on his slide PowerPoint thing, uh, a graphic that looks just like the, the COVID virus. This Again, this is 2015 when he's making this t- TED Talk. The next uh, thing that he flashes was, we are not ready for the next epidemic. And then he has on his PowerPoint, a dollar sign, the l- number three and the letter T, which stands for the potential cost of global uh, wealth loss across the world, nearly $3 trillion. That's why it's a dollar sign, three T. Bill said regarding the Ebola virus, that it wasn't that the world or Africa didn't have uh, had a poor system. He said, it wasn't that we had a system that didn't work. He said, we didn't have a system at all. He said, there were three things that he addressed about the problem with Ebola in Africa. He said there were no epidemiologists ready to identify data, no medical teams in in place ready to prepare people, and no system for treatment. Those were the three issues that that caused the epidemic to kill a few people in uh, Africa. Bill said failure to prepare could allow for the next epidemic. Remember, this is 2015. Bill said failure to prepare could allow for the next epidemic to be dramatically more devastating than Ebola, where by March 2015, a total of 10,194 people died from that virus. But he said the next virus will spread farther and faster because people might feel well, get on a plane and go to the market. He said, so 10,194 people dying in um, April 2015, that was a small number. He said, in the future, it's going to be a big number. But then Bill listed the needs for the next epidemic. What do we need? And he listed five things. He said, we need strong systems in place where people are most vulnerable. He said, we need trained volunteers. Bill said, connecting volunteers with organizational structures that know their people. And then Bill said, we need simulations so that we can see where we are failing if an emergency strikes. And the last thing, the last point that Bill put on his list of needs was, we need research and development to identify where our bodies are weak and strong. Bill said, I can't really say, this is what Bill said, Bill said, I can't really say what it will cost to implement my strategy, but I can tell you this, it will cost less than, than the potential harm if we don't prepare. Bill said trillions of dollars in decreased global wealth and millions of deaths could be the result of our non-action if we don't do anything. He said, it's not just we're trying to avoid an epidemic. He said, but we want to have a goal to make the world more safe and just. And when I'm listening to Bill, I was thinking, well, wow, Bill wants to make the world more safe and just. You know, that that's really wonderful. We want that. Bill uh, flashed his PowerPoint and the the slide says, the next epidemic. And then Bill said we need to get ready because time is not on our side. We need to get going and we need to start now and be ready for the next epidemic. This was 2015 Cy Young. Bill is saying that we should be prepared. That was five years ago and we did nothing globally. So now I just wanted to begin by giving you an overview of the video. I think the video is eight minutes on that video But I want to switch topics because Bill taught us one thing from his eight-minute YouTube TED Talk video in 2015. Bill taught us that epidemics can kill and contagious behavior dishonors God, and that is also deadly. He didn't say that. I said that. But I just want to say contagious behavior dishonors God that's sinful, and that is also deadly. However... The point that I have here is that it's not the virus that's sweeping the world right now that's causing deaths across the world that we're talking about. What I want to talk about today is the life-giving infectious agents that replicate inside the bodies, the living cells of the body of Christ. So I'm kind of taking uh, Bill Gates' uh, message, basically sermon, on changing the world for the good, making the world a better, safer, just, more better place. And I want to I give it like a spiritual, you know, what, what can we do? And so what we're trying to do is spread a virus, a life-giving infectious agent that replicates inside the living cells of the body of Christ. Here's what I mean. When God truly works in our lives and rebirths us, makes us new, Um, that makes us infectious. It should make us infectious. This is easy to see when you meet someone excited about a topic, whatever the topic is, and when that person starts telling everyone, even if you're uninterested, it's difficult to ignore that person because the person is so excited about what they believe or what their idea is. It's a business. It's a song. It's a movie. It's a book. um, It's a story. It's a friendship. You know, people are so excited about something and they tell everyone That's infectious. Uh, The dictionary describes an agent as a doer of an action, producing a result. In our NGO, True Love Weights Philippines, our effectiveness as an organization is dependent upon volunteers. And so, when I say, when we say replicate inside living cells of a body, this is what we want to do at our Get Oriented Day. And if you don't know what Get Oriented Day and our weight training is for volunteers, click on the link on our blog where it says volunteer here. And if you click that, it'll open up a uh, PDF. It's basically a, an application to become a volunteer. So check that out. With our three staff equipping volunteers, we pr- reproduce ourselves within key leaders from hundreds of churches across the Philippines. And, and really, I wish we had more staff and we're looking for more staff to do graphics and uh, marketing and media. But right now, we just have three staff. And with the three staff that we have, and actually there's 150 volunteers approximately, and from that pool of volunteers, we're able to equip hundreds of churches and thousands of people across um, the Philippines. So earlier, one of the things that I said, and it's in the blog, when God truly works in our lives, when God truly works in your life, my question for you is, how can you know that you have a new birth and a new life? Is there a test? And if you look at the, 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 the blog, you'll see these, these uh, graphics on the blog. Faith produces behavior change. So that becomes contagious. Contagious behavior is the title of this blog. And so faith produces behavior change. It's not the other way around. You change your behavior and then we call that faith. The first thing that happens is you have faith. What does that mean? So the Bible says that everyone who has been born of God overcomes the world. 1 John chapter 5, verse 4. We are designed for God's purpose. We are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. Ephesians 2.10. So everyone who has been born of God overcomes the world, and we are God's workmanship created to do good works. We should know that our behavior will not be controlled by worldly influences and that our lives should be lived out as a poem. We are God's workmanship. We, our lives should be lived out as as if it was a poem that God authored. So on the blog, if you'll look at the blog, you'll see the gospel testing positive. What is that? True Lavoie Philippines' purpose is to pursue purity in Christ or in another way to say that is a biblical idea of the word, the gospel. So, but maybe you're wondering, what is the gospel? Uh, The gospel is this, and I'm going to start with one thing, and usually people start with God created everything, or Jesus is the Savior, or everybody's a sinner. But the the way I want to start my uh, definition of the gospel is by saying that the first thing that that if you're talking to someone, or if, if you're listening, the first thing that we have to To agree on is trusting that what the Bible teaches is true. Like that's where we have to start. We can't start by God. Jesus died on the cross or God is the creator of everything. We have to start with everything that's written in the Bible is true. Trusting that what the Bible teaches is true. And so the second thing is God created all things and he alone is holy. That we are designed for his purpose, God's purpose. That Adam sinned and that all of humanity inherited the sin of Adam, that we inherited Adam's sin, that sin causes eternal death, that for God's glory he loved us by sending his son Jesus to earth, that Jesus lived a perfect life, and Jesus died as a sacrifice for the sin that we inherited. Remember, Remember I said Adam sinned and all of humanity inherited Adam's sin? Jesus died for a sacrifice, as a sacrifice for the sin that you inherited. So Jesus is the resurrection, and because of his resurrection, he made us holy. So we are saved from the penalty of sin. And a lot of people would end right there, and this is what I mean by contagious behavior in some small way. A lot of people would end the gospel story by saying that we are saved from the penalty of our sin, which is really the final point. But God's Spirit changes us so that we have the ability to live his will of a holy life. that's The the end of the gospel is the beginning of life. God's Spirit changes us, contagious behavior. God's Spirit changes us so that we can live his will of a holy life. Now, by believing that these things and repenting of your sin, confessing that Jesus is Lord and believing that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved from the penalty of your sin, the sin that you inherited from Adam, Adam's sin. Believing the gospel, you now test positive as a child of God. And now God can change your life and others through you. In Bill's talk, his challenge was to prepare. That was like the last thing that he said. How can we prepare? So I would ask that question to begin. How can we get ready at true love weights philippines how can we get ready on my list basically i pirated bill's list there were three on the first uh, three this is what failed and these are the five things that we need to succeed the next time so i combined those eight things together on one list and my list is an epidemic change because of the gospel that's my list an epidemic change because of the gospel and so i I pirated, actually the, the last five is simply the things that that uh, Bill Gates shared. The first three I've changed or altered slightly. My first thing is be an apologist, A-P-O-L-O-G-I-S-T. If you don't know what that word is, Google it, Christianity Apologist, and, and look for some definitions or, or email us at Barkadahan at com and ask us questions about that. So be an apologist through the study of God's word to make a defense for your faith. And so the first thing that we need to do uh, to prepare is we have to become people who can defend their faiths. The second thing is create discipleship teams at your church. This is how we can uh, do the epidemic change because of the gospel. Create discipleship teams at your church and then number three is develop a system for community evangelism. We have to have, I mean, it it could it should be organic, but if we don't start preparing and thinking strategically, it's not going to happen. A business will be not, not be successful. An artist will not become famous. A book will not become popular. And an, a gospel epidemic will not happen if we don't somehow develop a system to share or do community evangelism. And then the next uh, four through eight of the things that Bill shared, I haven't changed at all. He said we need strong systems in place where people are most vulnerable. And I would say the same thing for True Love Weights and the mission that we're on to pursue purity in Christ. I would say we need to have strong systems in place where people are most vulnerable. And as an example, where are people vulnerable? And so the first thing is... A rich person would say it's the poor people those people are vulnerable to sin mistakes and and all that but i would say that uh it's true you know there are uh vulnerable issues for people in a poor demographic and actually there are 25 million people who live on 50 po- 50 pesos a day and so there's some vulnerability there but also Balitad, if you go to the uh, people who are rich. I mean, if you have a lot of money, you have access to bigger, more exciting sins. And so we need to have systems in place that can address both demographics of people. And then the next thing is train volunteers. Bill Gates said, we need trained volunteers. And I'm thinking, go Bill, uh, you're on my team. Uh, we're also having trained volunteers and we need that. Sabi uh, We we a big part of what we do is through volunteers. We have three staff, 150 volunteers, regional teams throughout the Philippines, and we can't do anything unless we have volunteers working. The next thing that Bill said is we need to connect volunteers to, he said, uh, um, systems, you know, organizational structures, but I would say we need to connect volunteers with organizations and small groups that know their people and so if i go to actually we, we've gone to roja city working with uh Jerlin Orozco, one of our regional teams and she knows her people better than we know them we can copy paste what we do there and we can try to understand and listen to those people but Jarlin knows her people better than we know her people and so we need to connect volunteers with church organizations and small groups that know their people the next thing is we need to, at True avoids Philippines, we need to have simulations of sharing our faith so that we can see where we are failing and succeeding. And it's not going to happen that you share your faith. I mean, there's a possibility you might share your faith. But if you're not trained and people don't have simulations where they say, okay, you share to me your testimony. You share to me what you understand the gospel is trusting that the Bible is true, believing that God created everything and that he alone is holy. If we don't have simulations where we share our faith in a controlled environment, how are we going to fail? How are we going to succeed if we go out? You know, we we have to be able to see, do we have the ability to share our faith in a controlled environment? Simulations. The last one was uh, and I pirated it and just changed it a little bit. But research and development to identify where our churches and small groups are weak and strong. Research and development to identify where our churches or small groups are weak and strong. And so, the first thing is, as an example, our office is in Pasig, somewhere near Megamall. And uh, Pasig is approximately 900,000 people. approximately so if it takes uh, one church or a group of people to minister to 150 people, that means we have to, we have to take the 900,000 number, divide it by 150, and see what is that number. When when you divide 900,000 by 150, you get a large number. If there's not people helping mentor 150 people if there's not small groups of people like our three staff mentoring 150 people then an epidemic uh, an epidemic is not going to happen and I'm going to get to that in the tipping point explanation in a moment but Malcolm Gladwell's book Tipping Point the the subtitle is little things make a big difference that's the subtitle Malcolm Gladwell's first book he wrote in 2000 was The Tipping Point. It was a number one bestseller on the New York Times bestseller list. He sold 1.5 million copies of his book in which he explains that epidemics are not just medical ideas like COVID. Uh, They're not just medical ideas, but they're also social. The culture around us and the social things that we pour ourselves into function like epidemics or Contagious Behavior, <clears throat> the, uh, the title of our blog today. As an example, Contagious Behavior, an artist sings a song and everyone gets it, or someone tucks their shirt in the front of their belt and everyone catches it in their daily fashion. That's an epidemic. In the book Tipping Point, Gladwell proposes three laws of tipping points. The law of the few, the stickiness factor, and the law of context. First, his first point is the law of the few, and I'm just going to focus on that. And actually, for the succeeding blogs on this contagious behavior, I'll touch on the stickiness factor on one, and I'll touch on the law of context on the next one. And and I would go back and say that this is a blog uh about practical things how can we apply these practical things that bill talked about how can we apply these practical things that um malcolm gladwell is talking about in the tipping point how can we apply these things to our faith so malcolm gladwell talks about several epidemics in his book but we only have a short period of time and we're just going to talk about two and the first one is in 1994 the almost bankrupt shoe brand Hush Puppies company had a few people in New York just just kids youth trying to be cool so they were like hey let's let's find these old school shoes and let's make them cool again and so those few kids influenced in Manhattan somewhere East Village influenced a few other kids and then they influenced a few more and the sales for Hush Puppies which was almost going uh, out of business bankrupt nalugi uh, sales increased by 5,000% in 24 months. How? Because just a few people shared with their friends and a few people shared with their friends and then it exploded. Another explosion happened in six bars in Colorado Springs, Colorado in the United States. In four small neighborhoods, there were 168 people who caught gonorrhea, a sexually transmitted disease, because what happened was each of those small number of people, each of those people had sex with three to six other people. Literally overnight, they had an epidemic of 768 cases of gonorrhea. So if you look at the two examples we have, both hush puppies and gonorrhea were social epidemics started by the law of the few. Remember the thing that Malcolm Gladwell is talking about is the law of the few. So our challenge for you is to start an epidemic by m inviting seven people to sit and talk with you as you share the gospel story above remember i said trusting that the bible is true that god created everything that he alone is holy we want you to share those things those that list that we have the gospel what is the gospel that gospel story we want to sh- we want you to share that with seven people and and here's the example of starting an epidemic that we want to have contagious behavior. If you look at our Facebook, go to Facebook True Love Weights pH, you'll see that we have sixteen thousand nine hundred and forty five likes. If each one of those persons read this reads this blog and each one of those those people shared with seven people, that's seven times sixteen thousand nine hundred and forty five and that would reach hundred and eighteen thousand six hundred and fifteen youth. That's contagious behavior which might lead to a tipping point because 118,615 people is a big number. 16,945 people is still kind of big, and seven people is still kind of big. But the problem is is we have 20 youth in the Philippines between the age of 15 and 24. So 20 million youth between the age of 15 and 24. So 118,615 of 20 million is a very small number. So we really need to start, we need to get to the tipping point where Our contagious behavior is affecting other people, infecting other people, affecting and infecting. So following the gospel change in your life, there is also lifestyle choices and our contagious behavior that can also be an epidemic. So we we want people to understand the gospel. That's the first epidemic that we want people to understand. But we also want to have an epidemic transformation of the way people behave in a practical way daily. So our culture in the Philippines has shifted, and youth are more relaxed in their decision-making, which has caused intimate relationships before marriage to become the norm. So if you back up 20 years ago uh, in the Philippines, relationships, boyfriend, girlfriend, all that, it was quite different. Today, it's it's much, much different. Uh, and And a lot of the behavior of people today, young and old, uh, is not Christ-like. Not Christ-like. And so if you look at the blog, you'll see uh, a kind of a word that I kind of coined and it needs some explanation. But if you look at the blog, you'll see asymptomatic Christianity. And if you're thinking about the COVID virus, probably you heard the word asymptomatic. And asymptomatic simply means I mean, depending on where you look for the definition, but simply it means having or showing no symptoms, really. So when I say asymptomatic Christianity, what do I mean? Well, I found a small quote on the internet. So I'm the one who came up with asymptomatic Christianity, having or showing no symptoms of being a Christian. But this quote that you look and see on on the blog is from a guy named John Hanna. And this is what he said. John said, when the Holy Spirit comes into your life, the life of a Christian, God infuses his defined character into that person. God puts his character into the life of that person by the Holy Spirit when the Holy Spirit comes into the life of that Christian person. So, John Hannah said, If a life is devoid of God's character, which is the fruit of the Spirit, that is simply not a Christian life. So that's like, oh, wow. So that's what I mean by asymptomatic Christianity, having or knowing no symptoms that you're a Christian. You know, if your life is devoid of Christian godly character, which is the fruit of the Spirit, then you're simply not a Christian. If there's no signs or symptoms that you're a Christian, then that's asymptomatic Christianity. So back to contagious behavior. Contagious social behavior can also be good and God-honoring like the practical ways that we can live pure lives in pursuit of Christ, especially sharing the forgiveness of what Christ has done on the cross to make your life new. God's spirit is highly infectious and life-giving. God's spirit is a highly infectious, life-giving virus. So we are all going to die at some point. And if you remember earlier, I said something about Bill Gates and Ebola. Well, in, in, uh, in... Africa, in 2015, 10,194 people died. 10,194 people died from Ebola at that point in Africa. So is that a big number? No, it's not. Why? Because in the year 2015, a total of 57 million people died altogether across the world for a variety of causes, including old age, in that same year. So To say that 10,194 people is a lot, the truth is uh, 57 million people died that year and almost 60 million people die every year. So eventually you will also die. Me, I will die. The average life expectancy of Filipinos is between 67 for men and 72 for women, which means that if you're reading this blog, and you're about 20 years old, probably you might be dead by the year 2070. So Bill said, it's not just the avoidance of an epidemic, but the goal to make the world a more safe and just place. So that's our goal also. We want to spread justice, God's justice. So nobody can honestly say that they want God to be just. If he were going to bring his absolute justice, then we would all die apart from him. But God is merciful and he gives second chances. So we really do want God to bring his justice. And that's why we're sharing the things that are on the list above the gospel. We want God's justice brought to the earth. Bill said, we're not ready for the next epidemic because we're failing to prepare There are many things that we have not prepared for because usually we look at today and we aren't thinking ahead. And that's our biggest problem is people are always concerned about just today. So back to the law of the few. With the law of the few, Malcolm Gladwell wrote in Tipping Point that there are three kinds of people who turn ideas into epidemics. The law of the few, and so the 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 three people are connectors, salesmen, and mavens. And so, if you want to Google this or look at the YouTube uh, audiobook, it's actually being read by Malcolm Gladwell on YouTube. You'll hear him talk about the law of the few. You'll you'll hear him tell stories about the hush puppies and the gonnery and all that. But he's telling us that the law of the few, the stickiness factor, and the law of context. Those three things, and then these three things, connector salesmen and mavens, create an environment for epidemics to happen. And so I'll begin with connectors. What's a connector? So they have a massive social network with many acquaintances and allow ideas to spread from one social group to the next. And it's not just about a social group, Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter, but also social groups. Is this connector person, is this kind of a person connected to lots of people? The next thing is a salesman, they boast about ideas that they love and they're incredibly positive and in energy their energy is so contagious and so that's a salesman salesman. And so when I say salesman, it's not we're not talking about someone who's actually selling something. We're talking about someone who's selling an idea, they're so excited that they can't stop talking about the music, the belt, the hat, the shirt, the book, the movie, the song whatever it is that person is a has a a salesman salesman type mentality the connector is someone who's has acquaintances and has social groups the salesperson is a person who's positive and that person's energy is contagious and the third thing is mavens they hoard information in order to be a great source of tips to their network the people in which they greatly influence with their advice and so if you listen to this blog uh i'm going to read something here in a second but if you if you listen to this blog you'll be thinking uh maybe kuya uh, derek is a maven because he's telling us all this information and all that so i would say the secondary part of who i am is a maven maven i'm i'm uh always reading data researching looking for numbers i've i've memorized so much Information so that, But that's my secondary thing. But I want you to look at your small group or your faith community and see who meets the definitions uh, that we've listed here on the blog. Personally, I'm a connector. That's the number one thing that I'm probably personally. I'm also maybe a maven in, in many ways. But back to being a connector, I have small ties with hundreds of people all across the Philippines in various demographics. As an example, for 15 years, I've known Chona and Paul in Smoky Mountain, they lead the YWAM ministry in Smoky Mountain. I'm friends with the founders of a very famous uh, women's clothing line uh, almost the whole 15 years. Um, for six years, we've been partners with people in GenSan, in Roja City, Butuan City, Ilo Ilo. I've known the, the hosts of uh, TV shows on GMA, ABS-CBN, TV5. I've been on the Radio Veritas. A number of times we've participated with the Catholic Bishops Conference, CBCP, HIV Forum. Uh, I was a speaker at their media forum in Inter- uh several years ago. We personally know the owners of hospitals and people who are squatters. We know so many people. So I personally know, so that I'm that kind of a person. So if you're looking at your organization, your NGO, your youth, your faith community, you need to have these kinds of people, connectors, mavens, and salesmen in, in your organization to create an epidemic in your community. So with our staff and volunteers at True Live Waits, we have people who fit into the categories of salesmen, mavens, and connectors. So I want you to think about your people, that the people that you know. At the end of 2019, in November, December, and then January, February of 2020, with our three staff, And just a few of our 150 volunteers we shared in 10 schools with over 12,000 students in public schools in Mandaluyong near the office. And so we don't have great relationships with a lot of people, but what we have is small, intimate relationships with enough people to open doors so that we can know more people. Someone might say regarding True Love Weights Philippines, That it will. What what will it cost us financially to share the gospel through your organization? And if you look at the website, there's a link there that you can click on. Or like Bill, I could ask, what what will it cost others if I don't? You know, if we don't do what we're doing, you know. So the two sides are what will it cost to do what true love weights does what is that what is the cost for that you know that's one question but the the bigger question that bill said and i would say the same thing What what's it going to cost our nation if we don't do what we're doing so the obvious is based on the gospel thing that i'm sharing the obvious is eternity it's going to cost someone's eternal life with god but there's a practical price to pay for not reaching people with the gospel and and so that their lives can be transformed and the costs reduced, and the last thing that Bill said, and I would almost end with that also, is time is not on our side, and so we have a limited amount of time. Sixty-seven Filipinos men live to be be about sixty-seven. Women live live to be about seventy-two. So time is not on our side. Earlier today, I was watching a video on philanthropy, people who give their money away, and how do they do that. I learned two terms. The first term I learned was perpetual giving, and then the second term was spend down. Perpetual giving is where a family or a foundation wants to have an impact beyond their lives, and so they create a foundation, and the foundation has a goal of, of uh, uh, giving money away even after the person's life is, has gone that's called perpetual giving. Spend down is another term, and spend down has the goal of making a difference today or wanting to solve problems that they know exist today. Both of these uh, philanthropic uh, ways of giving are valuable and have uh, different purposes slightly. Effecting change is the same, but long term, and then now addressing um, things that are, are going on today, things, problems that we know need to stop that exist today. That's spend down. So if you're reading this and you're wanting to connect our NGO with generous donors, please go to the blog and look at where it says contact us here. Click on that and you can send us an email. But as I was looking at these philanthropic philanthropy ideas, it caused me to think, our lives can both be spend down and perpetual. What do I mean? And the meaning that I meant, the thing that I'm trying to say is that Jesus' life was both spend down and perpetual. Uh, Jesus lived his life to change people today. But Jesus lived his life and died so that people could live forever. That's why I started with Justin Bieber's little song, Is Forever. Uh, We can impact lives today by spreading contagious behavior so that teen pregnancy decreases across the Philippines, but at the same time, we can also simultaneously impact the eternity of people. 20 million people is our goal. Part of the ministry of True Love Weights is equipping youth and youth leaders and church leaders and parents. In our True Love Weights Talk for Parents, we have a talk titled Revolutionary Parenting. And there's a slide that says, Whose job is it, anyways? The truth is that parents are the ones that God has given the responsibility of discipling their children. It's not the responsibility of a youth organization, it's not the responsibility of a church specifically. But the work that we are doing is a partnership with church leaders and NGOs and youth organizations and parents to cause a love revolution. That's the goal of our talk and workshop, Love Revolution. In our Love Revolution talk for students shared in public schools, we say that a revolution is a sudden, complete, and marked change. And really, if you're listening to this uh, audio or you never saw our site and someone shared this with you, we, we want a revolution to happen in your life. Revolutions happen when they reach the tipping point, after which a series of small changes or incidents becomes significant enough to cause a larger or more important change. This happens when the law of the few includes you, if you're listening. So uh, uh, the tipping point is not going to happen. Uh, something sin- significant happening is not going to happen, which causes something large and more important to change. That's not going to happen if you don't do something now you have to be included in the law of the few that have that have, has to be you and so i i wanted to say thank you for listening to the blog audio thing today i want you to also i said before uh, add us on facebook uh instagram and twitter go to the link on the blog that says volunteer and fill out the information become a volunteer if you're in the province and you have uh uh, want to be a part of what we're doing? There's great regional teams that we can connect you with in Rojas, Ilo Ilo, Butuan City, General Santos, Serengani, or if you're in NCR, you can visit visit the national office in Ortigas, just off morocco uh, walking distance from Mega Mall. And like I said before, we want you to be a part of this contagious behavior. To support us, go to the vest link on our website. God bless you. Be contagious. Let your behavior become contagious.